Hello, everyone, and welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Justin Scase, Senior Editor of the EHS Daily Advisor. Today is May 4th, Star Wars Day, and to celebrate the occasion, the EHS on Tap podcast is joining forces with our sister podcast, HR Works, for a couple of episodes focusing on human resources and environment health and safety, or as is often the case, a conspicuous lack thereof, in the Star Wars universe. So after you take a listen to this episode, be sure to check out some more Star Wars Day analysis from a human resources perspective over at HR Works, and there's a link to that episode on this e- on this podcast episode's EHS Daily Advisor webpage. So I'm joined today on the show by my colleague and fellow Star Wars nerd, Jim Davis, host of the immensely popular HR Works podcast and editor of the, e- the HR Daily Advisor. Uh, so thanks for hopping over to EHS on tap today, Jim, and this is sure to be a fun discussion. It is truly my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you. So, uh, health and safety in Star Wars. I mean, I almost don't know where to begin. Um, I, I guess that w- where I would start off is just trying to imagine being an EHS professional who works for the Empire and especially on the Death Star in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So, the thing that immediately jumps out to me is, and it's been widely parodied elsewhere, is when they fire the Death Star laser, you know, there are those two guys that are just standing next to the laser on a platform next to a little control panel. And do do you even know what they're doing there? I mean, not playing their families anymore, I imagine. (laughs) So... I could just imagine the EHS professional, he goes down there and he's talking to these guys. So, you know, he's doing a walkthrough of the Death Star. And he's like, so you guys don't have a railing. What what comes through this big tunnel? And they're like, oh, you know, a giant laser beam. But well, you're not wearing any goggles. What do you do? Well, we just kind of turn to the side and shield our eyes. <laughs> so that that to me is like one of the biggest um, health and safety things that just jumps out you and in, in, in especially the first Star Wars. Have you ever given any thought to that? Yeah, I believe that uh, in the industry, they're known as safety squints. I, I know it's not exactly <laughs> the same, but uh, um, yeah, it seems like if you're going to stand anywhere, you probably don't want to be within a couple feet of something that has the ability to destroy an entire planet, you know, yeah. and it's experimental technology. So who knows what kinds of radiation it gives off. Um, and wouldn't it be pretty hot? I don't know how they're not burned to a cinder immediately. It's yeah. I guess it's because of uh, technology, yeah, or something. So <laughs> you know the the EHS professional he sees this and it's like, well, something's clearly got to be done about it. But now we've got to talk about the safety culture of the Empire. You know. So this EHS professional, he's like, I've gathered my data, I've noted these, I've observed these hazards, and I'm going to report to my boss. <laughs> so he goes up to Darth Vader's office, and he walks in, and he's force choking another manager who has displeased him, turns to the door and says, what do you want? You know, and the EHS <laughs> professional is going to be like, uh, nothing, everything is just great. So that's clearly a, a, a horrible safety culture. Yeah, it invites... It invites Death Star in a completely different way. You know, <laughs> it's supposed to be a menacing word, not something that demoralizes your entire, you know, working population. Yeah, it certainly uh, lends to an atmosphere that where psychological safety is clearly not taken seriously 
multiple incidents of workplace violence, bullying on the job, all of those sorts of things. And we, we discussed this a little bit over on the HR Works podcast as well. It's like just the overall culture is not conducive to safety. That's for sure. Yeah, it absolutely isn't. You know, even even those measures that they do take, and you know, forgive me if I'm I'm getting too far ahead, but you look at the armor that the stormtroopers have. You, they know they're going up against laser weapons, right? And yet, one shot with a laser weapon kills them, while their armor restricts their movement. What's that all about? That is an excellent point. I mean, clearly, they're uh, if if you could even call it personal protective equipment, PPE, it's clearly just for show. It clearly has not been stress tested in order to be determined to be effective against the various hazards that they're going to uh, uh, experience out there in the real world. That's that that's an excellent point there. And another thing with the Death Star, as long as we're... The, the, the place is just a hazard death <laughs> trap, essentially. What is it with the Death Star, and why do they not like railings. They don't like railings on their bridges. They don't like railings on their, you know, tractor beam uh, devices. Like, what's up with that? You know, I've given some thought to this, and I think that it's just that they don't like spending money on construction supplies. I mean, for one thing, you have those deep chasms everywhere, right? I mean, it doesn't, it seems like you can hardly go through a room without there being a 10,000 foot fall and then no railings. So like they clearly didn't want to spend the spend the time flooring over it. And so why are they going to bother with railings? You know, got to save that money. And plus they got to get on schedule because, uh, you know, they'll get force choked if they don't. So, yeah. <laughs> Excellent point. And that's another thing that, uh, you know, too often we see that um, misinterpretation of safety in uh, industry and construction where they think that cu cutting corners on safety is going to save money. In the end, in the real world anyway, it's going to end up costing you money. You know, a little bit of extra fall protection, a little bit of, you know, due diligence when it comes to safety. You know, maybe if they had, you know, made that effort, they wouldn't have you know, created a huge space station with a little womp rat sized hole that could, you know, destroy the entire structure. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Well, it, it happens over and over again. In fact, if you think of when Darth Vader throws the Emperor into that other chasm, was that on a Star Destroyer? I forget what, what the, or was it, it was on the second? That Death was on Star, the new right? Death Star. Right, yeah. right. I mean, uh, clearly they spent even less time on construction construction uh resources for that but maybe if they had floored in that chasm darth vader wouldn't have had an opportunity to throw you know throw the emperor down there and uh and yeah. stop the empire so it just it really bit them in the face um yeah i guess that's not really the phrase and and now that well <laughs> it's the one that we can use on this podcast <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> but you know while we're talking about that uh you know, that uh, even though he could pick up the Emperor and throw him over, that is one of the few moments in the Star Wars universe where there is actually a railing around the hole. That's so I right. guess they thought the Emperor was, you know, big enough to like, yeah, we'll put a railing around this at, at least. You know, that hey, it's more than everybody else gets on the space station. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just wasn't aware of the lack of railings everywhere else because he's like, well, I got a railing in my room, you know. Yeah, he's good to go. <laughs> So, you know, we've got all these examples on the Empire side, but, you know, uh, and we talked about this a little bit on the HR Works uh, episode uh, that our listeners can go to after this one as well. Um, 
There's safety issues on the Rebel Alliance side as well. You know, uh, we talked about, you know, the organizational culture where it sort of promotes people to really sort of sacrifice themselves in the name of the cause, you know, and that's not necessarily a great safety culture either. You don't want people who are willing to put themselves in harm's way just because they believe in the organizational mission. That's for sure. Agreed. I think of so many instances, I mean, Han Solo flying purposefully into an alien with the, you know, the Millennium Falcon just to get away after flying into an asteroid field, also extremely dangerous, you know, and, and at least in that case, there was a high ranking officer on board, uh, Princess Leia, who was trying to at least get him to change his behavior, but he also just ignored her, you know? Yeah, that's always a big problem. And I mean, as long as we're talking about Han Solo ignoring, you know, safety uh, things, I, you know, I sort of thought, uh, you know, before we were talking about what it would might like to be, uh, what it might be like to be an EHS professional for the Empire. But what about for the Rebel Alliance? You know, and the Empire strikes back when Luke is, you know, lost out there because he's been, you know, smacked in the face by a wampa, you know. Han Solo is like, I'm going back out there. And in that movie, there is this guy who's following him around and he's saying, dude, the the temperature is dropping really fast out there. And he says, yeah, I know I'm still going out there. And I'm like, that's probably the safety guy. You know, he's following him around. He says, hey, your your tauntaun's going to freeze by the time you reach the first marker. And Han Solo just turns to him and says, well, then I'll see you in hell. And I could just see the EHS guy going like, well, that was uncalled for. You know, there's no need to be, you know, mean yeah. to be about it. This is neither here nor there, but how do they even know about hell? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I guess we inherited that from them too, after all these years. Um, right. I, yeah. I, and then that place got attacked. Who knows if that one safety officer that we've seen in the whole movie, all the movies and series even made it out of there, you know? Yeah. Because you know that he was probably sticking around until the last transport yep. left, making sure that everybody was, you know, getting away safely. Absolutely. <laughs> and then there's, you know, there's one more thing in The Empire Strikes Back that, I mean, so Cloud City, you know, up in Bespin, you know, it's, mm. a, it's a mining facility. But clearly there is no Mining Safety and Health Administration, MSHA, on Bespin. You know, you've got folks breathing in carbon freezing fumes all the time. You've got employees, you know, uh, participating in horseplay around blast furnaces while they're playing with parts of droids, you know, all of this sort of stuff. So there's another thing where, you know, it, like take, for example, the carbon freezing chamber. It's like, well, at least Darth Vader has some built-in respiratory protection, but nobody else seems to be terribly concerned about it. So there's another safety culture failure right there. We could give Darth Vader a couple points there, though, because he did, he wanted to trap Luke. And instead of just throwing Luke in there right away, he tested it first on Han Solo. So unethical, yes. But, yeah. I mean, I guess he might be the only other person I've actually seen test one of these crazy ideas that they regularly employ. And, and it worked, too, we might add. So That is true. Very unethical test of a hazard, but a test of a hazard nonetheless. That yes. is an interesting point, and I never thought about it that way before. He probably just because of his history, you know, with safety foopas, like when he got all of his arms and legs burned off on Mustafar, he probably just yeah. has an appreciation. Um, plus, he's got the respirator, right? Like you mentioned, uh, that no one else has yep. on a city made out of toxic 
poison clouds. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, but clearly he doesn't extend that, those ideas and beliefs to, to the people around him. He keeps it close to the chest plate. So we see a lot more uh, environment health and safety failures than we do successes. That's the, that's the bottom line kind of in the, in the Star Wars universe. But uh, what, I don't know if you've noticed any other things that, you know, come to your mind, Jim, about, uh, you know, over years of watching, you know, Star Wars movies and properties. Are there any other safety things or uh, uh, that, that jump out for you? Well, not so much in the movies, but because in the movies, it's like the, that one person pulls out a, uh, a, what do you call it? Um, thermal detonator. And everyone's like, Oh my God, it's a thermal detonator. But in the, in yep. the, sh- and, and apparently no one ever uses them ever again, but in the, the TV <laughs> shows and series, people are just running around with explosives all over them all the time, blowing up this and that, you know, and these sure. explosives make noise, have a light and a button on them. So you just like press the button. I mean, if ease of use is great. But, I mean, there's kids running around. You could have the enemy recover the explosives easily just by seeing or hearing hearing the sound. So not a lot of safety considerations uh, around carrying incredible amounts of explosives on you and the application of those explosives. I mean, mm. really should be done in a more rigid and uh, secure kind of way, right? Yeah, absolutely. They need more chemical safety on uh, these various uh, devices and products. And then environmentally, obviously, the the most egregious violation of environmental standards is the Empire because they blew up an entire planet. Um, and later yeah. on, a whole solar system, I think, in the in the newer movies. So they really don't they do give go go around blowing up big big parts of the environment without particularly caring about the consequences. That is very true. Clearly, there's no galactic OSHA. Because you got to figure there could be some violations, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, even if there were a Galactic Ocean, they're they're too afraid to go in and you know say, "Hey, uh, we need to talk to your manager." And then Darth Vader walks out, and they're like, "Oh, um, I I mean, uh, never mind. Bye." Yeah. Could you just try and destroy like slightly less populated planets in the future? I mean, if you can, you know, don't yeah. go out of your way or anything. Uh, and then, of course, you'll probably see them if they ever did get any charges levied against the Empire. They just slap them like a thousand credit fine, and no jail right. time or anything like that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a real problem for sure. It is. It is. It's uh, it would be very interesting to see what the health and safety apparatus would be like in the Star Wars universe. But since we so rarely see it in the movies, uh, all we can do uh, today is speculate. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that we're running uh, close to the end of our time here uh, today. Uh, Jim, I'd like to thank you for stopping by today and talking about Star Wars and all of the environment, health, and safety implications uh, here today on EHS on Tap. It was great to have you. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for, for thinking to include me. Absolutely. So we'd also like to thank our audience for tuning in this May the 4th. And if you're looking for a little more Star Wars Day fun, be sure to catch me and Jim talking about some human resources aspects of Star Wars over on today's HR Works podcast episode. 
So as we wrap up, a reminder to keep an eye out for new episodes of EHS on Tap and keep reading the EHS Daily Advisor to stay on top of your safety and environmental compliance obligations, get the latest in best practices, and keep your finger on the pulse of all things related to the EHS industry. Until next time, this is Justin Scase for EHS on Tap. 